Hey, Ryan, we want to remind people that we have uh, created a LinkedIn group for the Digital Broker Podcast. Both Ryan and I monitor the comments and questions that are there. The episodes are posted there. Uh, Comment on a particular episode if there's something you didn't understand, something we didn't explain well enough, a question you might have. Uh, go ahead and leave those comments there, and we'll uh, we'll monitor those, we'll respond to those, and we may post our own questions to you um, well, as you as you uh, go to the group. So, to join, you just go go into the search bar. It's on the top left of that LinkedIn screen. Uh, search for Digital Broker Podcast, and and make sure you choose groups. And then uh, you'll need to request to join, and we'll uh, quickly uh, get that approved as fast as we can. And then you'll be part of that group and able to. Uh, interact with us, ask questions, and let us know what you think. And as we see stuff, we'll give you a shout out, like uh, Olivia Smith. I think she's our like super fan, you know, <laughs> but she had a great, great comment on how to leverage data effectively, and it's something that we'll, we'll have a podcast on. But I think both you and I, Steve, we want to have a community. You know, we don't want to be talking at people. We want to be talking with people. And this is a way that we can build that community. I'm all about collaboration. I feel like you have a collaborative spirit. That's why we get along so effectively. And we want to bring these agencies and these folks that want to help make it better into this space. And so that's what it's about. So I'll try to, 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 to post stuff in there. But please don't be afraid to, to post any questions, anything you want. You know, let's, let's make it really cool for 2019. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, So that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, along here with my co-host, Ryan Deeds, uh, sitting across from each other, which we like to do. And today we're going to have a conversation around outsourcing. Uh, Now, as a reminder, we addressed this uh, early on in our episodes, episode eight and episode nine, when we talked about strategic outsourcing and the the three aspects of what that might mean. Today, we want to delve in a bit more on, uh, Ryan, what did we decide to say? Tactical aspects of actually how do you do this? And I think we're going to focus more on the development side. So kind of let's set the stage here. So there's a lot of technology out there and available today. Smaller organizations, and I'm not even sure how to define that right now, but don't have internal expertise to develop some technology solutions, either through API access or other tools that might be developed. 
but they can access a uh, rich source of developers that can work on their behalf. Is that a is that a good way to kind of start out the conversation? It would be. I mean, I think, you know, every operations team has goals to accomplish at the end of the by the end of the year. Um, for the most part, either they're setting them themselves or leadership is helping them set that. And oftentimes, maybe one of those goals involves something technically complex, something that is outside of the skill set of the organization. It may not make sense to keep that on staff all the time. So if we look back multiple years ago, there was not really an easy solution for that. We would go down the street to a consultant firm. We would have some long-term engagement. It would cost a ton of money and take a ton of time. And I've just been more and more convinced that these freelance platform systems are going to be, the agencies that understand how to leverage those effectively are going to differentiate from those that don't because you're able to move the needle so much more quickly. And customize exactly what you feel you need in order to improve operational excellence, improve customer experience, whatever aspect of the organization that you see and, uh, you know, oh, I wish we could do and it, fill in the blank. That's right. And it's left up, I think, with a, with something, and I'm spe- speaking specifically of Upwork. I mean, there's freelancer.com, there's a, there's a couple of them out there, but... If your operations team knew how to effectively leverage a platform like Upwork, you would no longer be afraid of anything that the leadership team threw at you as long as you had the resources available. And, and this could be operations team. This could be an IT person this, yeah. uh, who's not a developer per se. This but is a project a, manager it, of some a, form. And, yeah. and so let's, uh, again, let's just be clear. Upwork, U-P-W-O-R-K.com. Yep. It is a platform where you can go in and request projects be completed. So just a little history, uh, Elance and Odesk were two separate platforms. They merged together, rebranded as Upwork. And there's a wide variety of skills available on the Upwork platform from around the world. Correct? That's right. And I mean... This is something that I'm in every day because if I, if I like I'm working with one agency that's creating a they wanted a, P, a pretty PDF that uh, shows different limits and, and different exposures. And so I, I have created an Upwork project for them or got somebody involved yeah, they're, they're, now they're this person's almost done with the Word document that the agency can edit and then print the PDF. And I mean, that was a two hundred dollar project. Mm-hmm. I mean. And that's all it took was the 200 bucks and being able to explain this and iterate through it with this person on the platform. And it took very little time to find the individual. You go post your job up. Okay. So, yeah, let's let's kind of sure. step through how to use And We'll focus on Upwork. Um, I, I personally have used that multiple times over the years, uh, actually many times over the years. So, so what the first step is, what's your project? What's the problem? <clears throat> What's right. the problem? Even better. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I think what are you, you trying to solve? Right, because because you're typically not going to off. You know, you're not going to say, "Hey, this whole project is yours." So say that your sale. Say that the CEO said, "We need to create growth by ten percent, and part of that is to create a digital marketing engine, and for that we need landing pages." So now maybe you have 
no idea what he's talking about. And so maybe you need to go on Upwork to get a social media or a marketing consultant, which might cost you 40 or 50 bucks an hour. Say that you want somebody in New York that's specific in the industry that's had 20 years of experience. Like, I mean, maybe paying 120, but you get to set those parameters when you define that task inside of Upwork. So would you, so in, in that case, I've been asked to do something I don't know really what it is. So in in that first step is go to Upwork just to get the education. Yeah. Let me right? get let me get somebody who knows. Let me let me pay five hundred bucks and I can get somebody on the phone um that'll spend, you know, five or six hours with helping me strategize on how to bring this to fruition. And they're gonna out the different things that I'm gonna need. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if that person says, Hey, you need to get a landing page created and I have my stuff on WordPress. Okay. Okay. Very common. Yes. Well, a WordPress developer on Upwork is going to run you eight to twenty bucks an hour, no doubt about it. I I, I will get a WordPress dev on there. It, it, it's insane. I I put, if I put a WordPress project on Upwork at eight a.m. by nine thirty, I'll have twenty or thirty bids on that project, and they'll they'll run from you know five dollars an hour up to eighty dollars an hour. It's up to you to kind of figure out which one to pick. Now, they use a rating system and a total volume system. And so. Okay. So, again, let's step into. So, I want. Actually, let's use your example of the PDF. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the problem they were trying to solve? They they wanted to create a leave behind for clients that's, that they were able to easily customize to talk about their specific risk. So if it was a trucking firm, they could change the word trucking. They could change it to orange, which matched their marketing. They could put a few words in there about how their specialty addresses that and then print that out. And it so that was out. a Word document. Yes. So the the project was create a Word document, leave behind, that can be customized, that we can print as a PDF. That looks pretty. That looks nice. Print it out on a color printer. And it's physically behind, here's our capabilities in this area. That's right. Where they could go to 15 different trucking companies on a Thursday and drop that off to, and they could have on the top, you know, hey, X company trucking niche, we keep you safe or whatever the hell, right? Okay. But that was the project. That was the, that was the problem they brought me. The problem. Hey, Ryan, we wish we could do this. Well, they didn't know I was going to use Upwork. They didn't have any idea. I just said, look, I can, I have... A way we I have can, resources that that can handle this. Mm-hmm. If you have a budget, well, how much do we need? I need two hundred bucks. No problem. Go to town. Okay. So, so then, so you defined. So now you go to Upwork. Yep. And uh, again, you need to sign up. And there, are, you know, two aspects: a a people who provide the work and people who request projects being done. Yep. And you went on and added a new project. That's right. Correct. Yep. And so how did you describe that project or what are, uh, you know, and I, we're not going to go screen by screen. No, but, but I mean, but I think but, it's a very good point because the more, <clears throat> the more vague you are about your description, the less. The, That's the, actually what I was trying right, to get to. Right. The more specific. The better. The better. Yeah. The, the, and so because o- not only is it an understanding that you have fundamentally of where that person's going to plug in, you can describe what the expectation is better. You know, it's not a place where you can say, hey, I need a landing page or, hey, I need a PDF uh, that's printed out and make it look pretty. I mean, you're having to present like here's some options of the things that we've seen that we like. This is the niche that we're in. We need to have our colors. Here's our website. We want our marketing material, our logo on this. So, yeah. is, is And you need, you're defining, I need a word 
expert. That's right. Not even intermediate, but I need a word expert. Yep. So that skill set you can choose. So now you're just set, the people are self-defining. Yes, I know word. Here's what I want done. Here's all the parameters. And again, I, the key point here is the more specific you can be, the better the outcome will be in terms of finding the right person. Well, and I like hyper-focused projects on these platforms because then I can have, because it's, I mean, you can get to a place where you're just doing a lot of work and maybe you're not moving the needle as much because they're really big projects. But if you have very tightly defined projects, I find that especially when you first start, that's going to be the best. As you get a contractor that is better at intuiting what you want, then you can have a little more leeway. But the contractor selection, I think, is the most daunting task because when you log in and you see 60 freaking contractors and you're like, oh, my God, and they're, they all sound pretty good, you know, I, I think it, it gets to people are like, oh, man, I'm freaking out. So I want to address, I'm, I'm wondering, maybe suspecting that some people listening to this are going, you know, $200 for a Word doc, I mean, a page, I can do that. I know Word. Sure. It was a 64-page document that all had matching everything that they could change the font in one place and the color in one place. And everything else changed? And everything would flow. Yeah. And they, so, they would remove pages. And, and, and sort of my point is, yeah, maybe you could have. Right. Is it worth your time? Well, and I mean— Is $200 worth the time you would spend either researching or not knowing all the nuances of Word? Because it's a hugely complicated program. And, and so I just want to address what somebody might be thinking. Well, I could have done that. Sure. But is it worth your time to spend to do that versus um, well, getting I, somebody else to do it? And I guarantee you any listeners here have heard the uh, from a producer saying, our proposal sucks, right? No matter how good your proposal looks, a producer has probably indicated at some point in time that your proposal sucked. It mm -hmm. wasn't as pretty as it should be. Or the other agency had a much better proposal. Exactly right. It looked better. That's right. Right. And so, you know, these <clears throat> provide you the ability to go and say, look, here's a PowerPoint that we don't like. Give us a PowerPoint that we do like. Use these colors. And here's the maximum I'm willing to spend. And you will have a multitude of people come and try to solve that problem mm -hmm. for you. Well, actually, it's interesting you say I just thought of this. I, um, I had a fairly complicated... A graphic, a PowerPoint that I wanted, and you know, it it was it built. So there are four, you know, four quadrant, and it built over time, um, based on explaining and what I wanted to do. Could I have done it? Yes, I have the technical skill to do it. Was it worth my time? Not at all. I don't remember now how much I paid, but he, here's the graphic. Here's what I want built. Here's the pieces that I want and the order that I want. Sent it off, and it came back as a PowerPoint slide that I use still actually use to, to today. So very uh, effective. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of times, so you think today, like agencies will ask, do you have an app? And I mean, and, and so from my perspective, if you don't have an app and you're an agency, it's because you've chose to say, yeah, you know, an app isn't going to move the needle for us very much. It's not because you can't build it today, right? You can mm -hmm. go get an app built for eight grand. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, you're not talking about a big spend there. The, the weight that you can move if you have a good project manager in your organization that can help identify the business, that's a business problem that we don't have inside. Let me go match the skill at Upwork. I'm going to run that. I'm going to hold that accountable. And we're going to make sure those are together. And then ultimately what I do is I hand off the Upwork contractor typically to the business unit leader, and then I just stay on top of that. So then the business le unit leader can actually guide the Upwork developer or whatever it is on, on their exactly thing. What that's correct, without me being in the mix. But if I see hesitation then I can go ahead and get involved and say, hey, you're missing the boat here. This is what, because I mean, 
a lot of times you're a BA and you're like a business analyst in mm -hmm. this role where you're translating the business requirements to the technical talent, whatever right. that be. Whatever. So let's let's go back to Upwork. So I I have a, a very detailed description. I have my skills that I know I need a word person. Um, maybe I geographically limit it. Maybe I don't. Depends on uh, if you're right. If you're if you're generating writing, because I think mm -hmm. I think. Social media, blogging. I mean, this is a great platform for it, you know. Right. You don't want to write all that stuff. People will write. And that there you do want geographic right. control. And right. historical. You want some insurance industry. I mean, that, that'll knock out 15, 20 articles for you that you can validate. And by the way, you can find that on Upwork. I've, I've, I've done it. I've, I, yeah. I've run social media campaigns for agencies that cr we create a calendar on the front of the year. And then they would create the articles as we move forward. And then the, the, we would deliver the article to the producer. Producer would vet it out, validate it. Then we would post it on the blog and on LinkedIn as that producer. But we would retain the intellectual property, which I like. Yes. So it's more about the process than it is about the the, the the things that you can do with it. It's about how do you identify the need? How do you get the people involved? And is there a process for doing that? Right? Okay. So so we post our, our job, our yep. project, right? We post the job. And um, then we start getting... A ton of bids. Uh, bids. People yep. then are bidding. Here's how much I would charge. And by the way, you uh, this is a question. So you have two ways of handling that. One is a per hour cost mm -hmm. and one is a project cost. That's right. Now, I've tended to go project cost, not per hour cost, because mine have been typically very well defined. Sure. And I want this done. Tell me how much it'll cost. How because I know depends, you've done some things. Just depends on the project, like you know, <clears throat> so development. If well, if I'm getting an app built, yeah. If I'm getting an app built, I'm gonna say I want an app with the this functionality, and it's gonna cost X amount, and that's what it's gonna spend. But if I'm having you work on my web my web page where you're doing enhancements and stuff like that, it's probably gonna be an hourly rate, mm -hmm. right? But I would say to start with project work so you can get comfortable with it. You know, take a project that you have, something that you you can't quite figure out how to take care of. See if Upwork can help you get past that cheaply and, and quickly. And then you can kind of get, once you get a feeling for it, you can, the, the hourly is more palatable. Mm -hmm. But some of the stuff, I mean, when you think about it, if you wanted some WordPress, so say that you have a web page that you're not crazy about and you just want a few minor enhancements, but the firm that built it is going to charge you an arm and a leg and it's this big process. Well, you could just go to Upwork and say, I need a WordPress dev, and l you'll have an 8 to $10 an hour developer that you might cap at 20 hours a week. Right. Because that's the other thing that I would do. When I bring on a dev, I typically will work with them on very defined fixes until I get a comfort level with them, and then I will remove the cap. But I almost always cap those hours at it's 10, something hours. That's again, and again, 8 or $10 an hour, you're not risking a lot of money. Right. What's your out on that? I mean, right. <clears throat> agencies typically have a gut reaction like, oh, God, no, because we're going to invite bad people into our organization. These are folks that might be from countries that Hackers don't have America's might best be, interest. Right. I mean, yeah. and there's is there legal ramifications? And so, again, it depends on what projects you have. I'm not going to invite a unvalidated you know, unvetted resource into my agency management system where I store HIPAA or PHI or whatever else, right? Mm -hmm. But to work on my external website or to build an app that's client-facing or to help make my customer experience more frictionless, those are things where I can definitely plug them in rapidly, create an infographic. I mean, when you start thinking about the things that you can really do with this, it's it's left up to your creativity. The challenge is getting the ops team out of the box, their heads out of the box. Right. But as you have all these folks lined up bidding on it, the main thing that I think that I look at is 
the volume that they've done. Okay, so yeah, so let's kind of dissect this a little bit. So you're getting all these bids, yeah, typically quite a few. Yeah. So you're looking through, and there's information. So who they are, uh, what their actual from. bid is, That's right. where they're from, and number of projects or jobs completed. Overall satisfaction. And a rating. Yep. Five star. That's right. One to five. Yep. Right. So where's your criteria or where? Well, the, the, does it again depend on the project? Not generally with ratings, no. Okay. Like with ratings, because there is... There's very few projects I've ever put up on there and not had more than 10 people bid on, mm -hmm. right? They'd have to be super, super like in the weeds with SQL or something like that where I haven't got a bunch. So generally I look for, you know, a $10,000 spend at least, five stars, you know, a 99% or above ratio. And then I look at the reviews before I actually choose them. Mm -hmm. And you get faster. As you use this thing, you start to get faster with, <clears throat> with being able to select the that criteria, that person. But that's the main criteria I use is, and a lot of times I'll set that. I don't want to see somebody that hasn't been on the platform for more than three months and that doesn't have 10 jobs done. It doesn't have at least $10,000, something yep. like that. Now, I, I will say I have on I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. Uh, I want to say low-value jobs, things that aren't that critical. I have used people who are new to the platform, who don't have a lot of jobs and, and don't have a, a, a lot of rating, uh, because typically they bid less. Sure. Because they need more, more jobs, yeah. right? Ex for exactly what Ryan just said right. is, I only look for these, so they need to... Get jobs. Yeah, so if it's so, like data again, entry. But what, what is my potential loss? Now, I, I did that with some transcriptions. Um, right. And, you know, it was bad transcription. So, but I, I didn't lose much. I mean, I think, you know, 15 to, I don't remember now, but it wasn't much money. And it's fast. My risk is low. Right. And I could save some money and get some de some good, actually. Uh, um, well, and you learned. I mean, through that process, results. even though the results weren't perfect, the things that you learned through that probably yes. helped other projects be successful. I, I want to give you quickly, and I think I did. I gave this example on the uh, original podcast we did, uh, shows, but agency needed some uh, illustrations for a process, you know, work comp they were selling, and put the project up there. They had 12 ideas or types of illustrations they wanted for each of their 12 steps in their process. I think it was $300, and within a few days, they had the illustrations in, you know, with the files in a format that they could then use and, and you know, use anywhere. The speed of it is is what I think is just mm -hmm. amazing. And I fire really quickly. I mean, because yes. you have so many options. Options, right. Now, I mean, I just personally, last year, I did about $40,000 worth of work through Upwork on both the consultancy side and the just for my agency, agency right, stuff. Yep. But I, I feel like every dollar you spend there is worth probably 10, 15, 20 bucks of American dollars. Yeah, of what you could get done here. Oh, man. It's just, I just, I, it has truly been something that has been integral to my, um, to my success. I mean, I was, I, I've run stuff as a contractor on there, a lot of stuff. Um, and so I really do think that operational teams need to at least understand that the problems that you're solving today and the ones that you're going to have to address tomorrow, this is a resource where you can go tap into really deep talent for a multitude of things at a very, very rapid pace. At the very least, go create an Upwork account and put a problem out there 
you never, I, I do that all the time. I, I probably have 20 jobs out there for every one that I actually follow through on. But a lot of times I want to see what, what options what I have. What options, what's out there, That's who, right. who can do it, right? And so if you just go create an Upwork account, put a job, put a, a something out there to watch how people come on board and how they bid on it, that's a very, it's a big deal, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that, that'll get you past something. Because then the next step, as you know, after I find my contractor and I select that individual, right? At that point, now we we agree that we're going to work together. So you choose them. I choose them based, based on the on ratings the, and all the stuff. All the criteria. Right? You say, okay, I'm going to choose this person. They get notified. Yep. They can accept. Yep. Right? So they could not accept for whatever reason, but they accept. Right. And then uh, the project cost gets funded in escrow at that point. It's, it just depends on what it is. On an hourly basis, it's a little different than project work. Project work goes. You can you set milestones. Yes. Right. So. So if yeah. So if, how do you pay? That, that, really, the question is how do you pay? So at that point, their bid you have agreed to accept. It's a hundred dollars. That's right. So you as part of your account setup, you've got payment method, but it be a credit card or whatever. So that is funded to Upwork's escrow account. So the contractor knows the money is there. With a fee. You got a little With fee. With a fee. In there. You got a little fee. That's yeah. where Upwork makes their money. Yeah. Um, and as as Ryan just said, you have milestones. So how do you think about milestones? I think about tangible deliverables. You know, when I'm knocking out like I have somebody that's writing twelve articles for me. So my milestones are every three articles. So I have four milestones in there, right? Okay. 12 articles is like 200 bucks. I'm paying like 40 or 50 bucks per milestone. It's just very, very negligible. But as that individual delivers articles to me, I check them, I pay that milestone, and I fund the next milestone. But the nice thing about this is if you think the work is marginal and not up to par, you can file a dispute to say, hey, I don't want to pay. I don't feel like I got the value out of this that I should have. Mm -hmm. Um, which then provides a source of protection for you to go back. I mean, right. that's that's the whole point of the payment system is it is a mutually protective. I mean, if they're working hourly for you, you can make them run the screenshot program that will literally take a screenshot every five seconds of their computer. Um, and actually, so you know what they're working on and the time they've spent. And that's right. So there are, there are ways to there manage. There are controls there. Yes. And again, if you tightly define your, so if you're working hourly, those are some of the protections they put in place. If you're working project wise, then really the contractor has taken it on themselves to get that work done in that time period. Correct. And, and again, that's where milestones come in because I've used milestones a lot in terms of, okay, at this point I'll fund 25%. At yep. this point, again, I want them to know there's money here. Absolutely. I'm reasonable to work with um, because again, they get rated, but you as the requester, uh, job poster gets rated too. How easy were you to work with? Did you communicate well? Did you, right? So so there's the other side to that. Well, and how much money? I mean, one of the key indicators they're looking for is your your default rate and how much money. Like as if I'm a contractor on there looking to bid on a job and I have two companies that are have the same kind of job, the one that has more money, mm -hmm. that has spent more money on the platform is the one that's going to be more palatable. Right. So when we actually started at AssureX using Upwork pretty heavily, I started on my own personal account because I would get so many more applicants because I have... Because you have a lot of history. Like $350,000 over the, my time right. in Upwork. And mm -hmm. so that's all shown there. Okay. You got to say that again. $350,000? Since 2009. Okay. Right? But well, still, that's that, 10 years, but still... Absolutely. 35 uh, average, 35. I mean, that's a lot of projects. Yeah. But, Th that, that's right. Let me, here's my point. 
that you didn't have to do. That's right. And, and we that did. you managed, but yep. you didn't have to do. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about, leveraging skill sets is easier today than it's ever been because of platforms like Upwork. And I think I think people are reticent because you hear about a Salesforce developer. I hear this all the time. Oh, my God, they're $125 an hour. And I'm like, wow, you get your devs at a different place. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you know, just because it is a global economy and there are some really, really, really smart people off of our shores. And, right. and they're hungry and they're looking for work. And so I feel like know what this thing is, know what it can do for you. You know, as you face your operational issues, you're going to, there's more technology out there that you can tap into ever before. And I feel like we get more and more hamstrung because our profit margins are, are we're trying to run at high profit margins. So we don't oftentimes have those skill sets. Something like an Upwork can really change the game for you. Yeah, I think that's great. Any last key thoughts, any kind of gotchas, anything you've run into that people listening would want to know? I would just always be extremely firm with your contractors, be fair, and just let them know what the expectation is. And if you get frustrated, then drop them. Yeah. You know, I I, I, I fire contractors. I've been through three this week. I had one on an hourly project and one on another on a fixed rate project. They didn't come to fruition the way I wanted it to, so I got rid of both of them and flipped to another contractor. Uh, that's what you're able to do with this stuff. You know, don't hang on too long, iterate through quickly, and then just learn your lessons through it. Hire slow, fire fast. Yeah, man, I do. <laughs> Especially on Upwork. I mean, Especially on Upwork, yeah. yeah. And this is one of those things that as you see it in your agency, every day somebody says they wish they had something. Oh, I wish I had an infographic. Oh, I wish I had an Alexa skill. Oh, I wish I had this. You can do all of that. I was going to say, just about anything that you can think that you might want. Can you break it down into manageable block size pieces and then can you delegate that out effectively? That's the question. Yeah. It's not can you afford it or can it be done? Yeah. It's do you have the the talent? Do you actually understand what you want that yeah. you can describe it to somebody else? Yep. Yeah. And then can you project manage that thing throughout? Right. Yeah. That's that's my takeaway. That's great. Appreciate you sharing uh your tips and tricks for uh, using Upwork, and um, hopefully those listening have gotten some ideas just listening to our conversation of, okay, hey, there are some things that I wanted to get done that maybe I can go in and try. Try a couple of projects. Again, don't you're not risking a lot of money, and if, if you can get it to work for you, and I have no doubt that you can, this could be a great source of uh, skills to get things done that will, as Ryan said, move the needle. They will call you innovative in three years. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, if you start messing with Upwork today and start solving problems in three years, they will be like, damn, that agency is awesome. How are you doing that? And then you can right. thank Steve and I. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and we'd love that. That's right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, remember, the Digital Broker Podcast group on LinkedIn is where this uh, episode will be posted and where you can interact with us. Leave your comments, suggestions, uh, new ideas, questions that you might have. And Ryan and I monitor that, and we'd be glad to uh, interact with you and uh, provide our thoughts and comments. We'll put a little shout-out out there for the Clawson Agency up in Long Island. We know that you're listening, and we appreciate your support. They are an awesome agency that's really, really knocked out digital marketing, and so we're glad you to have you as a part of the digital broker family. Thanks, everybody. Take care. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review.
This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.